Hey everybody! Hey everybody! Hi. If you heard like the levels of the theme music tweak as we start going, is because I played. I'm like that sounds fucking like shit. <laughs> she just likes to stand on my uh, audio board and uh, you know fuck with my fucking presets. And you know she's she's lucky. She is so gosh darn adorable. See, it, it works. It gets me through life. It is what gets you through life. We are, well, no, you got a lot, you got a lot, you are adorable, but you got a lot of skills, Thanks. life skills. Uh, like being cute, being snuggly, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being squishy. Uh, sorry, I had to take my pills. Pills are good. Pills are good. Like Pilsner or like pills? No, I'm actually drinking um, Cold Snap. Oh. I have, as you know... I'm hot on. They changed. They tweaked the formula a little. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. The Sam Adams Spring Beer Cold Snap. It's not summer ale, which will be out soon. I was about to say we're on a roll. It's two weeks in a row, but I'm wrong. <laughs> we were off last week. We we're, were not good with time, but it went so fast. It did. It, go, it went so fast between um, uh, the the Sylvester Stallone show, which was a fun, <coughs> exciting show. And uh, last week, we had no show. We are down in sunny Florida. Maybe, you know, I was thinking of putting this on Wednesday, recording it Monday night. Maybe I'll put it tomorrow, so give it early, since since we didn't have a show last week. Okay, yeah. We're still not on YouTube I mean, Live this week. If you're listening to this, uh, either way, it, I guess they're like, oh, I get to listen to this on Tuesday, and it's Tuesday. Or I forget, and it comes or up you Thursday. you forget, and it's Wednesday. Thursday. Or Thursday. Or next oh, week. you'll you'll have to listen and find out. We will have to listen and find out. We um we were in sunny Florida, me and little Squeezer and Doug, seeing uh, the Phillies, um mainly AAA guys, but yeah, we saw and not AAA guys anymore. And not yeah, oof. He uh, number one draft pick, Mark Appel, no longer with. Phillies and he he's Doug's favorite too. It must have hurt. Yeah, he's a good guy. He is a good guy. But um, we had some so-so weather. Yeah, I mean, it was like for people down there, they were freezing. It was kind of adorable. Right. We it, we landed and it was really warm, really hot. Like yeah, we got. Well, you didn't. I got instantly burnt day one. Yeah, I I, I have. Uh... There's some sort of Latin American gene in there. There's something going on. Jay never. My, my my dad was the same way. <laughs> so I I got that going for me. Yeah, I my favorite thing about baseball is when all the Latin players come and start talking to me. I'm like, like I have I no poppy, idea what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we got part. The next day was a bit cooler, 
Um, but it warmed up pretty. We were at the game. It was breezy, but once we were inside Baycare Ballpark watching uh, the, the, there's a lot of you know, um, of course Trey Turner, uh, JT Kill it, killed it, killed it. Yeah, Trey, <clears throat> Trey Turner's killing it. But JT Real Muto and, and Kyle Schwarber are with Team USA and the WBC, so they were not there. But the rest of the guys, aside from Bryce Harper, obviously were there. Um, and uh, we watched a a fucking three plus hour game with ten pitchers and the Phillies, Phillies, and I say that air quotes, Phillies organization lose fifteen to five, right? Uh, I thought, oh, they yeah, they scored runs. I they scored three. No, they scored two in the ninth. Remember? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So then, um, I wasn't even watching the game. I was, I was, I was shooting guys in the batter in the oh, on yeah, deck yeah, circle. Yeah. Like I was concentrating <laughs> yeah. on the on deck circle and that only. It was a little. It was. We woke up Wednesday and it was like fifty something degrees and raining. And it was awesome that we woke up. I was very excited about that. Oh, we all get to that. We're getting to the hotel. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thursday, we finally got to take you to um, Hogan's Beach Shop on Clearwater Beach, brother. That was very exciting. Um. Yeah. We we gave Squeeze a little tour because we've been there multiple times it's a it's a pilgrimage every time you go down there you gotta make and the, it'll take you to palm pavilion on clearwater beach too one of my yeah. favorite spots gator bites uh ugh, yeah uh just, a lot of even have, how can you say ugh? Just the idea oh, of my it kid. I have the to, idea of it what it's like eating a dinosaur so uh then smoky bones every night for for drinks every night uh was and there a night we weren't there nope nice Friday we left. Yeah. Uh, and our, so we were lucky to get out alive. Our hotel room was a festering shithole. And I am not, and I love it. If you hear me ever complain about it, it's out of pure joy of the decrepitness of it. Like I, you know, it's like I, I love it for the story. At the same time, yeah, I was mortified. Yeah. So the hotel we normally stay at, was shut down. Well, that we normally we stayed at before it was shut down. And we like to stay on that strip there because it's close to uh, the ballpark and it's easy just to walk every day. So we stayed at this one and fuck, it's called what Terrace Garden Inn. Yes, down Clearwater on Route 19. Do not stay there unless you absolutely have no other choice. And then bring plastic sheeting and painters tape to cover the entirety of the room in, even the shower. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm pretty sure there's at least uh, someone there with plastic sheeting and tape. <laughs> yeah, it should look like Dexter's Kill Room if you're going to sleep in it. Um, the weirdest thing was the fence surrounding the pool squeezer. <laughs> it seemed to be constructed out of disassembled soda cans that were somehow taped together and painted black. I pulled the gate shut by one of the rungs and like I pulled it shut to click. And instead, it crumbled in my hand. Just, I had flakes of metal in my hand when I yeah. put the gate shut. It was, uh, then the pool, um, it was, it did not live up to the name of its city it was in. It was not clear water. <laughs> no. I was like, it, do you look at the pool? It's hazy. You can't see the bottom. And it's only it's like three foot three deep. Three feet deep, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't see the bottom. Yeah, it was like, you know, like those, uh, like those uh, display things, like you like you could like put the shark in the water and it would float like mid. No. There's like a gel. 
You know what I mean? Remember those? No. I think we talked about them on the show. It's like magic rocks or some shit All like right, that. sure. Yeah. Anyway. It was disgusting. We did not it go in gross. the pool. Don't worry. No. Um, the best was the- The uh, only chairs you could sit in in the whole complex were the Target uh, yard chairs that they had down at the pool, and they only had like five of them. Yes. By the end, by the time we left, there's three because two drunk guys, two took hillbillies, them took them for their, their dump, yeah, by their dumb, dumb truck, dumb truck. <laughs> um, but uh, overall, good trip. Go down to Fl- Florida is always fucking interesting. I'll tell you that much. It is very interesting. Mm. Um, Florida man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And now we're here to do the Mint Show, our St. Patrick's uh, just, Day show. I'm just disappointed we didn't go and play any free pool. Yeah, yeah, no. Talk about needing plastic sheeting to go in someplace. <laughs> the the sensations. The voted Clearwater's best new club was next uh, down to from our hotel. It, it, uh, but they're offering free pool, <laughs> free billiards. Free, yeah, and and for me to turn down going into a place for free billiards. And cause I, I love my, uh, I love my bar sports and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I like darts, but I'm not really a pool guy. I like pool. I like darts. Oh yeah. That's what we need. We need I did measure it out. If you stand in my door jam and to my back wall is the exact distance you needed for a dartboard. So I, can I put a dartboard in my office? I'm going to flying so, fuck. And then we could put Ian in front of it. We can go, Mamushka, and throw darts at him. Oh, yeah, Adam's family style. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're going to do that, we should do it with Uncle Fester, our own Uncle That's Fester. True. Yeah, but I want I don't want to hit Fester with a dart. Yeah, well, you've had to hit him with your car. I get that, but. That's true. <laughs> um, I love him. Yeah. We can't make fun of Scott anymore on the show. Apparently, he listens. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Scott. Oh. Well. <laughs> well, now he's going to be all upset that we don't make fun of him. Uh, now these guys aren't making fun of me. Kelly and the midget. What the fuck are they talking yeah, what about? The... What are yeah. we even... Do we not... Can we... Can we we got to go back and find out what we said. I did. Yeah. I mean, I know... I'm sure we did. It's not... I'm like, I don't put it out of the realm of possibility. Because guess what, Scott? We've done it before. Right. Um, <laughs> that, that wasn't the first time we made... Like, we make fun of people on the show that we work with, and, and the people listening have no idea who we're talking about. Yeah, that's the absurdity of it. But it's no fun one, for us. They don't even know who the hell I am. Uh, yeah. I'm some weirdo in southeastern Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I mean, they kind of know who I am. Shout out to Ish when I got back from... Um, where the oh, fuck what was a I sweet there? boy. He sent me one, too. I thought I was kind of, you know, I was kind of upset you got one. Uh-huh. Oh. Last week. <clears throat> felt special for a second. Uh, a, t- a t-shirt from Bucky's and a bag of beaver nuggets. I mean, he did send me a car stereo. <laughs> he did. But um, then I got back from Potts Town tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lived two minutes from there, and I still get it wrong. Right. Pottsville is where they brew that disgusting yingling lager. <clears throat> I know people like it. I just, I just It's not for me. It's funny when that's all. The, it's like the default thing they have on tap down there too. Well, yeah, because it's a little Philadelphia in Clearwater. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but uh, Pottstown is closer to Philadelphia. Actually, close to Philadelphia. <laughs> it's like Greater Philadelphia suburb area. Yeah, that's like where they like the edge is right there. Because once you pass that, then it's like quote Reading. But 
my time living there, Reading's kind of been sucked into that as well. Like Reading is basically a suburb of Philly now. The Allentown's basically a suburb of Philly to some well, people. Yeah. But we have a little mountain. Yeah, it, well, uh, it, they you have, know what? It, it, I mean, listen. it absolutely is, but we are so full of ourselves. I think that we're better than that. Yeah, and any mall that they open in in our area will be called Lehigh Valley something. Any mall they open in Reading will be called Reading something. The mall down there is called the Philadelphia Premium Outlet. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically so anyway. But it's Philadelphia, but not having to drive. You you drive the same amount of time it takes you to get to Philadelphia. You just don't have to be on the worst road in the planet. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think you're what, like 13 miles from Center City from there? But it's in Pottstown? In Pottstown? Uh, yeah, it very well could be, yeah. Yeah, you're like... But, when, but that last three quarters of a mile, like, oh, I got three quarters of a mile to go. I just got this... <laughs> Two hours. And I follow this river. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, look, a zoo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so yes, I am. Um, I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, we're making fun of Scott. Well, well, how long are we in? Oh shit! Fifteen yeah, we have... minutes. You're only on your second beer. Well, I only opened my first one when we started. Yeah, no, I'm drink- They're going down fast for me too. It was a. I've been a good boy. I I had to uh, after clear water. I'm like, oh, I got to knock this shit off. It's getting out of hand. Yes, and then and then handsome young young Jake inspired me, so I'm getting my shit back together. It, it should be inspiring you. Oh, it should inspire me too, by sending me delicious treats. <laughs> uh everything in moderation. Well, that's true. Um, other news: uh, I never saw the first Good Burger, but I hear they're making a sequel. Oh. Are you a good burger fan? I am not. No, I was. That was. I think I I was out by then. Yeah, me Mrs. too. Mrs. Squeezer, big fan. She loved. Uh, was that all that? Yeah, I loved all that too. I did. I watched all that like crazy. Like, very early on. But uh, yes, I never watched. Um, I was a Roundhouse fan. Yeah, yeah, but also I did watch all that, and I liked it. But I never saw Good Burger, and. Uh, Good Burger 2, they're making a sequel. Oh, good for them. Wait, uh, same with Keenan and Kel? Keenan and Kel. That's awesome. Yeah. That's actually, I might actually want to check that out because now. Well, I'd, I'd have to want to see the first one, but yeah, I'd check it out for sure. Even if you don't, what, 15 years maybe? 20 years? 25. 25? Yeah. Wow. Twenty-five. Is he still on SNL? He's a yeah. long. He. He's the the right currently the longest tenured, uh, play, cast play, member he, he, player. He's the longest of all time. Is he? Yeah, I think. No, uh, sure Daryl Hannon was there for. Forever. He's been there almost twenty years. We I think. have the internet. Who is the longest running SNL cast member? There you go. Oh, it is Keenan. Yeah. Holds the record, a whopping 20 seasons. Wow. Daryl yeah, Hammond, Hammond. 14, so he was next. Mm. He's still fucking funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Vanillasaurus Rex. He called uh, um, 
Travis Kelsey that and the one sketch, and I I thought that was really funny. <laughs> it was what the hell is Vanillasaurus Rex talking about? <laughs> he just does his thing, making Fat Albert movies, staying on the show. I never. Sometimes people leave that show, and I'm like, what are they doing? But uh, you know, he knew. He, he's he's doing it. Um. Other news uh, from comicbook.com. Um, bad news for the Double Dare reboot uh, from Mark Summers himself. Yeah. Um, they're main. Oh, I guess I was told they'll never ever do it again. Oh, there's 300 episodes of Paramount on Paramount Plus. There you go. I don't even, and you know what? You're not going to remember. You no. don't even want a, a new one. Just watch the old one. Yeah, right. I don't want a new one. I just want them to put all the old ones yeah. up. And and you don't want new prizes. You want those prizes. Right. I uh, We watched a double dare during uh, the pandemic, right? During a lockdown. I think we did. Oh, you know what? I got to see if the, I, I've showed them because she does like her Ninja Warrior class. And it's an obstacle course thing. And I showed her some Ninja Warrior stuff, but I showed her some uh, Double Dare, and they're running an obstacle course, and then they get to the uh, the nose, and they're just digging through, and she gets so grossed out. I'm like, they're looking for a flag. You should be infuriated right now because they can't find it. Yeah. yeah. She's screaming at the TV like an old person. Right. Um, Lance Reddick, who's in everything, like everything, passed yeah. away at the age of 60. That's such a young sad age but yeah um he's literally in everything he's uh, i know he was in lost and uh the wire and fringe and i guess he's in the john wick movies i've never seen any of them but um i don't know retro news squeezer you have any more retro news for him? no there it was weird i mean also like i was like in a bubble you know florida oh we, we should we did have in it's weird because you're in florida and we had this murder tell and there we are with like 150 meg upload oh yeah they had really fast internet <laughs> we could yeah. have the show uploaded <laughs> in two seconds yeah but um yeah they had really oddly fast in- they're probably stealing it from someone or or oh we didn't even think about that we were lucky but there's other rooms in there where they're just streaming snuff films of people being murdered and it's like hostile but in florida which is possibly more horrific okay that's that's something that could be possible yeah it's the Uh only logical reason i have did you enjoy your St. Patrick's Day. Uh, well, I mean, we flew home. Yeah, but uh, then you got to go home see the kids. They haven't seen you for a yeah. while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. They they beat the living hell out of me. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. And then, uh, yeah, and then we had pizza, traditional St. Patrick's Day pizza. Oh, it was yeah. Friday, it was Friday night pizza night. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't have corned beef and cabbage. We did on Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't mind corned beef, but I did not have any. Oh. I'm not. I'm not and um, Chantress isn't it. We're not eating a whole lot of, or many, really many at all, uh, 
red meat right now. I get that. I, I, I doubled down. I'll help you out. Yeah, you, you're taking care of it. And I don't judge yeah. people who do. It's just not. It's hard to. When you see these videos of animals and to think of it when it comes around, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, if it wasn't such a taboo, I'd be eating people right now. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, that that's, people, eating people is easier than. There's certain people who definitely deserve to go down in the kill floor of a. Yeah. Of a, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, I eat ch- chicken and, I, you know, for some reason, chicken. It doesn't tug at my heartstrings, but I see those cows playing like puppies in the yard, and it's it's tough. It's tough. Eh, is it? Also, I'm not the biggest fan of red meat. That's what makes it easier. Oh uh, well, yeah, that's it. like for me, it's like they could be as adorable as they want, but I uh, those eyes, those those for for me, it's just their tears just you know tenderize the meat. A salty, salty tears. You're, you're like the Native American. Use every part of the. the... Yes, and their tears. I use. I use their tears. Use their tears. I'll have a glass of milk from that cow. And what? Were, oh, we we're talking corned beef. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, I, was... I brought up St. Patrick's Day because we are talking. Our theme for the day show is mint. Oh, nice transition. And just like for St. Patrick, well, St. Valentine's Day, we mm-hmm. talked. Um, Cinnamon, which is the flavor most associated with Valentine's Day. We are talking mint, which is the most associated flavor, I would say, with St. Patrick's Day squeezer. Yes. Is it because mint uh, is associated with artificial coloring of green and St. Patrick's Day is green? Uh, yes. Because is there anything in- intrinsically Irish about mint? No, yeah, it has everything to do with green. And yeah, when you think so it's green, just green and green, green apple or a mint. And I, I actually even I I stumbled across that concept when I was looking up when I was doing a little bit of research for one of my topics. I've got oh, look at that some preamble squeezer, some like you going Ooh. over like five hundred different things preamble about. I found this. I was looking at why mint stands the test of time. A brief history of mints. Oh, interesting. Like the mint, like the leaf and the flavor, or like the candied mint? At all. Mint. Mint in general. Um, And of course, there's health benefits of mint. There's digestive health. It's packed with nutrients. Um, It might be good for your memory. It could ease symptoms of the common cold, so says this website. Um, In Greek mythology, the massive health benefits may explain why pants from... Plants from the mentha genius have been used by humans dating all the way back to the ancient Greece. As mythic legend has it, a girl named Minth fell in love with the god of war, Hades. Hades' wife, Persephone, caught wind of this beautiful girl's love and turned her into a plain-looking plant so that people would step on her for all of eternity. Man, that is ruthless. Hades felt sorry for Minth's fate, so he gave her plant the pleasant scent so people would at least appreciate the plant for its delightful, sweet fragrance. Ancient Egypt. The ancient Egyptians had many uses for the mint leaf, not just the pleasant aroma, but also the plant's medicinal properties. One of the oldest surviving medical medicinal texts in the world today, the Egyptian Ebers Papyrus from 1550 BC, cites the mint leaf could be used as a digestive aid and a way to soothe stomach pains caused by flatulence. The ancient Egyptians also invented the first breath mint, 
though the early recipe didn't call for the mint leaf itself. The combination of cinnamon, frankincense, and myrrh, which were boiled with honey to create small pellets that got rid of unpleasant odors like bad breath and helped prevent dry mouth. So they, the three wise men were just concerned that baby Jesus had bad breath. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, they knew he came from Nazareth, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's a Lehigh Valley joke. <laughs> oh, that doesn't get more local than that. Yeah. Medieval times. Mint was, widely, uh, mint was widely used in medieval Europe as a way to achieve fresh breath. People would mix mint leaves with vinegar to use as mouthwash, or they would just chew in the raw leaf itself. The plant would be widely used in this time, again, as a way to cure indigestion and freshen the air. You were just grab a mint leaf and start chomping on it? Yeah, I'll talk about that later with my topic oh. about my... Oh, well, I didn't know that you specifically were going to do that. <laughs> I assumed that you were afraid of it. Oh, no, I was not afraid of it. Um, where are we here? I lost my... I was. You're, we're in the Middle Ages. So, yes, the Middle Ages, they champed on them. Now, this is the part that I found the most interesting and. In. Working in television my whole life, did you know where the term green room comes from? See, I always assumed that it was, the idea came from that they used a government green and that it was a calming color. So, where did the term green room come from? As the green mint leaf was commonly used to spruce up the air, an interesting urban legend is the origin of the term green room. This refers to the area backstage at a theater or venue where performers wait till they go on stage. In the old days of Shakespearean's Globe Theater, the air arena, I'm sorry, the area beneath the stage was where performers would wait in between scenes. This was long before sewers were invented and the bottom of the theater would accumulate an awful smell from the surrounding area. Mm -hmm. The Globe used to lay mint leaves between the stage to cover up the smell, leafing the room's floor green thus lending the origin of the term green room. No shit. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's way off. Um, the modern breath mint was created in 1781. Curiously, the first mm-hmm. breath mint was not actually invented with the purpose of curing bad breaths. Altoids, as you know, the curiously strong mint, were designed by Smith Keaton in 1781 as a product to help relieve stomach aches and alleviate digestive discomfort. In the mid-1800s, the recipe was taken over by a popular confectionery company, Callard and Bowser. Bow- Bowser, yeah. They ended up marketing the product as a way to get rid of poison in the digestive tract for quite some time. Once these <laughs> peppermint oil-laden lozenges were brought to the United States in 1918, consumers began turning the out to Altoids as breath mints rather than a digestive aid. These mints were sold in metal tins, which only added to their novelty and popularity to this day. What type of mint is used in candy manufacturing, Squeezer? Of all the 25 different species of mint plant today, spearmint and peppermint are the most widely used. Oh, you wanted to guess? Yeah. Were you going to guess spearmint and peppermint? I was going to guess spearmint and peppermint. Yeah. Spearmint is a naturally occurring plant, and peppermint is a hybrid of the spearmint and watermint plants. Pepper- oh, I did not know that. Oh. Peppermint is most commonly used with sweets like chocolate, mint candy, fresh breath mints, and candy canes. Spearmint is used for primarily breath freshening products like gum, breath savers, and even oral hygiene products like mouthwash and toothpaste. 
Spearmint also pairs well with savory food dishes like lamb, poultry, and even cocktails like the mojito. We've even seen some awesome recipes for lime mint freeze, freezer pickles. Hmm. I wonder if my guy has mint pickles. <laughs> you got a pickle guy? I got a pickle guy. Hmm. Yeah, we went to Cutstown together. I He played uh, uh, rugby and I uh, didn't. But we ran into each other at a uh, Christmas uh, show, and he was selling his pickles, and I interviewed him, and we got to talking, and realized that we went to Kutztown the exact same time. And now he makes pickles, and I make videos about pickles. So he makes pickles, and you make, and you guys are, are friends now? No, but he's my pickle guy. No. Okay, so I looked up on Wikipedia the definitive source for everything, and it says po- he's the one I got the uh, ghost pepper pickles from. Yeah, it says possible sources of the term. The definitive origin of the term green room is lost to history, which has led to many theories and claims. One of the oldest stories is that London's Blackfriars Black Fly, Fly, Blackfriars Theater in 1599 included a room behind the scenes where the actors waited to go on stage, which happened to be painted green and was called the Green Room. A later uh, renovation of London's cockpit in Court Theatre in 1662 included a green baize dressing room, which had been suggested as an origin of the term. It's been theorized that such waiting rooms were originally painted green to relieve your eyes from the glare of the stage. On the other hand, early stage lighting was by candlelight and later by gaslight, so the glare might well be apocryphal. What? The? Yes. Is that right? I ap- apocryphal? Uh, yeah, apo ap- apocryphal. Now let me see if he'll say it. Oh, let me put the volume up. Apocryphal. Apocryphal. There you go. Oh. A modern reference to bright stage lighting. Uh, Richard Southern, his, in his studies of medieval theater in the round, states that in this period, the acting area was referred to as the green. The central space, often grass-covered, was used by actors, while the surrounding space and circular banks were occupied by spectators. Southern, Southern states that the green had been a traditional actor's term for the stage ever since. Even in the... Proscenian arch theaters that were traditional that a green stage cloth should be used for a tragedy. The green room could thus be consideration a transition room on the way to the green stage. No. And so it's sometimes said the term green room was a response to limelight, though the name is merely a coincidence. Limelight refers to calcium oxide, not the fruit or color. Furthermore, limelight was invented in 1820 and the term green room was used many years prior to that squeezer. Mm. Um, it's possible that green room might be a corruption of scene room, the room where scenery was stored, which doubled as the actor's waiting and warm-up area. Many people, many actors experienced nervous anxiety before a performance. One of the symptoms of nervousness was nausea, as a person who feels nauseous often said to look green, suggesting that the green room was a place where nervous actors waited. Hmm. None of this says anything about... uh... What we read. Hmm. I don't know. I I always thought it was the color, but... I don't know, that's... uh... 
That's interesting. They don't know. There's no, uh, <clears throat> it's lost to history, Squeezer. Our, our green room is not green. It's very boring currently. No, yeah, working on it. You're working on that, right? It's going to happen? I mean, look at our lunchroom. It's packed. It's ready to go. Oh, sweet. All right, let's start the show on Min. Right, hang on. I got to buy pickles. Well, I'm going to go first. So. Right, hang on. Let me just, can I run by, down my order real quick? Because right. so, uh, I can get a four pack. Okay. So I got my first is the Philly Dilly Cheesesteak Pickles. A cheesesteak pickle. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, my second is, this is what I, I currently have, the uh, ghost pepper pickles. Mm-hmm. They are hot as balls. Uh, pizza pickles, that's his bestseller. And the loaded potato pickles. Loaded potato. Pi- la- yeah. Loaded potato. Loaded pota- like loaded baked potato, but they're pickles. How do, how do you do that? I don't know. He's a wizard. You know, it's chemicals. He's from Kutztown. No, he's he's like he's like all or like he just like pickles it in the. I don't know how he does it, but no, it's he's very like he's all organic and all that crap. Right. Organic chemicals. Organic chemicals. All right. Um, my I'm going first this week. I think I can't remember if I do or not. So I'll just. Go ahead and do it. Oh, that's right. He's got his ring baloney, too. Shit balls. All right. Sorry. Let's go. What do you know? The Lifesavers family just got a little smaller. New Lifesavers homes. Tiny little bites of candy in all your favorite Lifesavers flavors. Holes. More fun than you could ever imagine. Delicious new Holes candy from Lifesavers. Watch out for Holes. They're going to be big. You remember Lifesavers Hole Squeezer, right? Oh, hell yeah. They came, they were the f- Lifesavers, but more fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they came out in the early 90s, um, kind of basically uh, inspired by munchkins, like donut holes. So, like, where does the middle part of the donut go? And that was the whole idea be- behind donut holes. Well, I mean, it never technically existed. I mean, well, same with like lifesavers. A... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's my new gimmick, party pooper squeezer. Party pooper squeezer. So they, they invented this candy that looks like it was popped out of the middle of lifesavers holes. And they had all the flavors. Uh, the, fi- the classic five flavors, the island fruits, the tangerines, the outrageously fruity, and of course the pep omint, um, which is the blue thing that's obviously like their second biggest between, I think, five flavors. Um, classic peppermint. These little mints were uh, delicious, and I, w- I bought into the gimmick. They came, instead of in a roll, they came in a giant... Um, more single-use plastic container. <laughs> Which, why sell something in a, wrapped in paper when you could sell something wrapped in plastic? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, like you said, I'm. it's the gimmick. Like, I am one for the gimmick. Oh, I am still one for a gimmick. Uh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the overhead versus repping in plastic, it's got to cost you. Yeah. Well, they they just charged us. 
the consumer. Oh, good point. <laughs> because I'm sure there was a, a lot less, lot less candy, you know, per container, and you probably paid more for the container. Yeah. So obviously, lifesavers have been a a staple of American candy since 1912. When chocolate maker Clarence Crane invented the original Peppo Mint variety after a trip to the pharmacy. <laughs> uh, they got big because they sold them to the army um, during World War II. Uh, they, invent- they expanded to Winto Mint and then the f- uh, the multiple fruit flavors. The butter rum, remember butter rum? The flavor you mm-hmm. never wanted, but now I kind of like. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've got Lifesavers gummies. The cream savers were big. getting old. Cream savers were big, but... They disappeared for a while. Now they're back. I think you can get cream, sa- cream savers again. Um, but the lifesavers holes. So, uh, on eat this, not that. They um, talked about discontinued candies, and um, a couple of them you probably remember: Butterfinger BBs, which were little Butterfinger balls. Uh. Mil- I, I don't understand how that's even dis- how that makes sense. I know it's really easy. Uh, Milky Way Light, which was I get that launched in 1996, a low calorie version of the Milky Way. It's t- ten times the chemicals, and it was the f- uh, first first candy bar to legally qualify for the light label under FDA guidelines. Hmm. They swapped in low carb polydextrose to cut calories down from 220 to 170. Uh, that 50 calories? You're, be- you're better off just eating the regular candy bar and going for a walk than eating whatever dextrose something? Um, polydextrose. Polydextrose. Yeah. It sounds like something that like Amazon packages all my shit in. They were really popular though. Um, it became one of the best-selling candy bars, uh, and then people were just like, "Yeah, fuck it." Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Altoid Sours, Hershey Swoops. Remember Hershey Swoops are like Pringles, but like Hershey flavors. Hershey Swoops. Hershey, you don't Swoops. remember Hershey Swoops? They looked like Pringles. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I don't... <clears throat> My grandmother had every kind of uh, candy or chocolate. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, when she was... Uh, at that point, my grandfather had passed away, but my dad was living here. My dad was in the hospital, so I was taking her out to do, like, grocery shopping. So I took her to a Redner's. I don't know why I went to a Redner's to do grocery shopping, but that's where we were. And we went down, like, the candy... And the we didn't at any point... Like I even asked her, like, do you need any vegetables or anything? She's like, no, we're good. We were in one aisle. It was just the candy and chip aisle, and we just went back and forth. And that's how I learned how many varieties of bugles there were. Mm. But I'm pretty certain I put swoops in the uh, in the cart as well. Hmm. Probably. So, um. The holes, the lifesaver holes were a big hit in 1991, uh, and the Chicago Tribune reported that uh, the candies were recalled within a year of their debut because the plastic tube caps were deemed a choking hazard. Hmm. 
This article writes an ironic development considering the ring design of the original lifesaver was often falsely rumored to have been a choking prevention measure, you know, with the hole in the middle. Mm-hmm. No one was seriously injured, but four children chewing on the caps had gagged on them, and the company determined it needed to rethink the packaging. Um, why, why couldn't they just put them in a, like a like a Skittles or an M and M's bag kind of thing? But they were so cool in that little container. Yeah, I guess they at that point you just get a regular uh, lifesaver. Yeah. Um. And it was uh, two youngsters and teenagers chewing on the tap had swallowed or gagged on it. No one died. Yeah. Um, so they they uh, sold forty million packages of the lifesavers holes. Uh. But then they just uh, pulled it back. And they said they were going to reintroduce it with new packaging in 90 days. There's 45 mini pieces in there. Now, okay. I mean, how many do you cram in your gullet? This is is how much money they're making, Squeezer. This is why this was genius. 45 mini piece pack of holes Mm -hmm. weighs all of 0.28 ounces. (laughs) A regular roll of uh, Lifesavers with 11 candies weighs 0.9 ounces. Whoa. Yeah. You are getting three times the amount of candy in a roll of Lifesavers than you were in the holes. And you're probably paying more. Yeah, at least. if not Same, if not more. So well, it makes up for that packaging. This Chicago Tribune article says, um, the food as uh, well uh, sales. We we're just starting to get sales. It was sold in six varieties. We we're just starting to get sales momentum. Um, the recall will involve substantial costs, likely cost millions. Food outlets monitored by tracking service Abitron Sammy. The mini pieces were showing sales strength, pulling down a nearly ten percent share of the rolled candy breath freshener business during the final twelve weeks of nineteen ninety. That's really good. Lifesavers holes in test markets for about a year before being introduced nationally and been viewed by company officials as a keen line extension for the overall lifesaver business. Though holding down a category leading 35 to 40% share of the 375 million hard rolled candy market, the flagship Lifesavers brand business had been essentially flat for the last year or so. So. Hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, Lifesavers holes my first pick. Squeezer, here is your first pick. Almost everything looks green. Green butterfly. Uh, I'm green footprints. Uncle O'Grimacy. Hello, boys. I'm back, and I'm painting everything green to match me shamrock shakes. Shamrock shakes are back? Yummy. Let's celebrate at McDonald's. Shamrock shakes, they're a beautiful green. The most beautiful green that we've ever seen. Shamrock shakes, they're a beautiful green. Uncle O'Grimacy. You should be offended by that. (laughs) I'm not, I didn't, I didn't know Uncle O'Grimacy existed until I like, like just like a few years ago. Yeah, I didn't, I, I, he is now my favorite thing that ever existed. I don't think these commercials ran in our lifetime. Uncle O'Grimacy was killed before the 80s. Uh, I think this commercial was from 80. So it was, I think that was like the last. Yeah, it was, uh, 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 
Because uh, Grimace is supposed to be a anthropomorphized milkshake. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. What what kind of uh, sorry, I didn't you dropped out there. What kind of milkshake is he? Anthropomorphized. anthropomorphized. Yes. <laughs> yes. So now you have an anthropomorphized uh, racist caricature of uh <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't fucking say that. I mean, oh, I, uh, every time Lucky Charms commercial, me Lucky Charms. Oh, you stole me Lucky Charms. Ah, uh, because even if you did complain, uh, the, the people there would just be like, uh, they're just they'll sober up and forget in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go sober up, the fucking drunky. Hey, I had a <laughs> spot of. Grandpa's cough medicine, but that doesn't mean I need to sober up, huh? Oh. Is is that the one thing? Like I, I'm asking, and uh, is um, I'm not from but, Ireland. I mean, you're I'm, not. But the drunken Irish stereotype, a... when like anyone else would be like, you're just like, all right. <laughs> right. Well, I'm I'm also cool. I'm not just Irish. I'm also German, which are drunks, and Czechoslovakian, which are dr- bigger drunks than either of them. Yep. Yeah. But when I get a few in me and like get angry and like threaten to fight somebody, then that's when <laughs> and the Irish comes out. The Irish comes out. Um, what are you looking Shamrock. at? It? <laughs> uh, oh, that was that was weird walking through that crowd too. There's a lot of, well, not a lot of. Uh, I'm sure maybe it was maybe ten percent actually Irish. Everyone else is just taking advantage of some good old day street drinking. As we should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when everyone else shows up to Oktoberfest. I'm like, fuck it. Hop on board. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Oktoberfest in Munich, Squeezer, mm-hmm. I almost got in a drunken Irish fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they call you a drunk Irishman? It was the end of the day, second day there. And we were in the Augustiner Brewery House. There's, there's all the big major breweries, the, however many there are, have big giant tents at Oktoberfest. And we were on the Augustiner one, and we were at a table, and these like German guys were like kicking us out because it wasn't for it was for locals only, and I was like, "You fucking Nazi German fucks!" Oh <laughs> no, they don't like that. Yeah, I was ready to. Um, Enchantress wisely got me out of there before I got the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> smart, smart. All right, yeah. and then I almost got ran over like five times. Because uh, you're just... like looking right then left instead of left then right. No, I'm just I'm I had to piss, so I was barreling towards our fucking hotel. <laughs> I was drinking giant liters of beer all day long and I had the fucking rock on, so I was I was hauling ass. So she she had me leashed by my the back of my shirt, you know. Hmm. Yeah. But uh we're talking shamrock shakes. Oh, shamrock shakes. Yeah, so this is where I learned a little thing about uh, what what brought up the whole concept of Irish and mint, but it's actually just green. It's because, do you know what the original f- flavor of uh, shamrock shakes were? The original flavor of shamrock shakes. Yes. Hmm. Let me guess. Was it just vanilla and it was just green dye? No. Well, yes, it was, but previously. So in 1970, it was actually lemon-lime 
I was about to say lime, but I uh, that yeah. would I would that would be m- more delicious in my opinion than mint. Ugh. Well, we'll get to that. And then eventually in 73 um it was just a regular vanilla shake but just you said it, food coloring in it. Which it still um, is just food coloring with mint flavoring added. Yeah. But uh now it's yeah, food coloring with yeah. Mint isn't inherently green. Yes, the leaf is green. Uh, mint extract is clear. Like, like, you know, extract. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there for a time it was just a plain vanilla shake that was green. Uh, and then it made it mint. Um, so, yeah, that got me thinking. Like, oh, yeah, I guess it. it's just the green. It's not the mint. Um <laughs> I I have this weird relationship. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a shamrock shake because the last time I had one, I was maybe eight, and I threw up. Mm. And because of that, it's like, so my oldest loved sweet potatoes. Like, we would just bake a sweet potato, cut it up, and just eat it. And then one day, uh, uh, she was sick, got the flu, unrelated to it, but... She had sweet potatoes, got the flu, threw up, and will never touch a sweet potato ever again. Hmm. And even like sweet potato fries, but I'm like they're French fries, but orange. Um. And uh, yeah, so because of that, I cannot have a shamrock shake without the urge to just vomit. Isn't that a fun story? I uh, that is fun. I think shamrock shakes are. Also, not everywhere either. I think in their they're mainly like in the Philadelphia area, from what I'm reading here on. The, I could I could believe that Ronald McDonald's House Charities, like Northeast. The Shamrock Shake was created in 1967 by Hal Rosen, a Connecticut McDonald's owner, who uh, operator who made the delicious mint shake in celebration of St. Patrick's Day. It debuted nationally in 1970. Was an instant success across the country. In 1974, sales from the shake helped build the very first Ronald McDonald House in Philadelphia. The mission began when the daughter of a Philadelphia Eagles player was being treated for leukemia. Together with a local McDonald's owner and operator, Hal Rosen, McDonald's founder Ray Kroc, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Eagles, the family raised enough funds through Shamrock Shake sales to open the first Ronald McDonald House as a way to keep families close during difficult times. And I believe that's a... House near the hospital where families can stay when their yes, kids are in the hospital. Yes, it's actually right by... Uh, Chop, right? On... What's that? It's right by Chop, right? Oh, no, there's one right by us. Oh, there's one by us, too? Yeah, if you go down Cedar Crest right before you hit the Emmaus High School, you know that, that death turn where if you want to make the right to go back to my house? Yes. It's That house right there is Ronald McDonald House. Oh. Or at least was. They might have sold it, but it wasn't at Ronald McDonald House. Um... Which is right by uh, Lehigh Valley Hospital and the uh, Children's Hospital. That's great. That's a great thing. Yeah. So giving fans another... if you eat enough Shamrock Shakes, we'll put you there. (laughs) Giving fans another way to enjoy the classic Shamrock Shake flavor, McDonald's introduced the Shamrock Sundae for a limited time in 1980, which was consisted of vanilla soft serve topped with a mint green Shamrock syrup. I had a, a version of this during Christmas, which was a vanilla soft serve topped with a red peppermint syrup, like a candy cane. 
They that used, sounds amazing. It was delicious. It was so fucking good. And my mom and brother had the eggnog shakes that came out of Christmas. Ugh. Yeah, not for me. Although I Ugh. like eggnog now. <laughs> I can't bring myself to even try it again. Oh, I kind of love it now. I mix with bourbon, dude. It's so fucking good. I was right, drinking that. Uh, this Christmas, right, I don't want to wait. Christmas. In, let's do a Christmas in July. And uh, we, we'll have... Uh, bourbon eggnogs? Bourbon eggnogs. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it uh, before the game, you know. <laughs> um, on St. Patrick's Day in 2010, Shamrock season was bigger than ever as the world's largest Shamrock sake was poured into the Chicago River in honor of a $10,000 donation to help develop... <laughs> That can't be. Oh, I was going to say, please save us to the food bank. <laughs> They're just dumping food into the river. No, the Ronald McDonald house. The shake was 24 feet tall. Maybe, it, hopefully it wasn't real. That, like, that could poison the water <laughs> supply. Uh, I mean, you really think that anything's alive in there? Where was this at? Boston? Chicago. Chicago? Yeah. Oh, well, don't they die it anyway? They die the, yeah, they die the Chicago River. So that's probably, it was probably the die in a shake. Yeah. Following Um, years of Shamrock Shake fandom, the iconic shake went nationwide for the first time in 2012. Wait, really? I mean, that that doesn't bode with what it said earlier when it said the shake went nationwide (laughs) in 19. um, Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I I have a previous, uh, one of my next picks, there's a, Four different, five different people invented over the course of like 500 years. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I do you do you enjoy a shamrock shake? No. No. I haven't had one since I was a kid. Yeah. Like I said, I I I want to almost like bring myself to go try one. I don't like that they put whipped cream on it now. I wish exactly. I, I don't just give me an old school old school put it, put it in the drink cup with the lid and the straw. Yeah, I don't want I the want. fancy like dome lid with the whipped cream. Yeah, if I want that, I'll go to a, a Sheets or a Wawa. Yeah, and go to a gas station and get a fancy drink. Right. Uh, before the Shamrock Shake went Shamrock Shake went national, fanatics created a website to track down. Uh, restaurants offer the menu item. In 2018, McDonald's made it even easier with a Finder app. In 2020, McDonald's is celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Shamrock Shake by taking Legendary Treat National for the first time since 2017. Oh, so it's not national every year. So it's here every year. So we're probably probably, spoiled. We don't realize it. It's here every year. But it's not national. Pepsi Kona. Yeah. I actually drank Pepsi Kona, and I don't even like coffee, so that's 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 that. Um, all right, so that was your Shamrock Shake. Now is that was that my pick or your pick? Uh, oh, it's your pick. So it's my pick now. Your pick. Yeah. The temperature of your mouth: a steamy ninety-eight point six degrees. Ugh. The temperature of a winter fresh mouth. Introducing new winter fresh gum from Wrigley's. Yes. I see cool Ooh, yeah. I see cool <laughs> that lasts. And lasts. And lasts. We can't wait for your reaction. <laughs> Try new winter fresh gum for icy cool breath that lasts. 
Remember when Wrigley's introduced winter fresh gum? The blue pack? I mean, I don't know if I remember the introduction. I do. I, I was in it. like 94. I said it was 94. I was in like middle school. And everybody everybody was chewing winter fresh all the time. Everybody had winter fresh. Every single kid. It was like everywhere. And all of a sudden. So there was like. There was always. Wrigley's Spearmint, which was the white. There was Wrigley's Double Mint, which was Peppermint. And there was Wrigley's Big Red. And then, no other new gums forever. And then all of a sudden, they introduced in 1994 Winter Fresh, which is a winter green blue gum. And they made it blue, which was genius. Mm-hmm. And, um, fuck, it blew up. Every, I, I just remember everyone had it. And those, uh, much, much cooler. cooler. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I just assumed you would. I mean, I don't remember the initial like launch. I just remember. Look, look I was a big fan of uh, Juicy Fruit. Oh yeah, I forgot about Juicy Fruit. Yeah, Juicy Fruit yeah. is there too. And and I would quit. And but the thing, you pop a Juicy Fruit, count to ten, and then you spit it out. Yeah. Because it was gone. <laughs> like, that initial, like, rush that you got was there, and then it, it's like the heroin of gum. Yeah, what, Juicy Fruit's delicious, uh, but I always, I, like, when you were in middle school, you were, I guess you were, you know, talking to girls for the first time, and you really weren't doing anything but, like, talking, but you just, Ah, uh, you know. see, that's, that's where the difference lies. Yeah. I wasn't too concerned about my breath. So the as I'm chewing on like beef jerky, I'm like want to go to a dance. <laughs> um. So the Chicago Tribune. Um. Oh God, I can't. I pulled. I had this article and I read it. And now it's saying I have to. It's. Uh, I read my article limit. <laughs> I wonder if I... Oh, yeah, there we go. I was able to get in with my morning call account. That's probably how I read it to begin with. Oh, nice. So this Chicago Tribune article from 1994 uh, says it's summer, but Wrigley's Winter Fresh is in season. Winterfresh, WM Wrigley Jr.'s first new sugar gum in nearly two decades, has vaulted out of test areas only after a few months and emerged on a national market. Consumers no doubt already are aware of Winterfresh's name. The Chicago gum maker sells a Winterfresh flavor in its Nutrisweet-based variety sugar-free Wrigley's Extra. But the new Winterfresh, which entered the Chicago, Buffalo, and Dallas test markets in May, is sugar gum is a sugar gum, the first new one since Big Red and Freedent were launched in 1976. Freedent was the one that didn't get cut on your dentures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrigley will begin shipping the sugar version of Winterfresh August 1st, and it should be na- available nationally shortly thereafter. We cleared all the hurdles we set for Winterfresh in our test. Ron Cox, Wrigley's group vice president of marketing. The trade enthusiastically received the line. Uh, 
The new Winterfresh brand produced was what was basically incremental business for Wrigley's with minimal cannibalization of the firm's existing lines. One retailer has been monitoring Winterfresh progress as the brand has done well in tests. The sugar Winterfresh has been described as having a unique and cooling taste, somewhat like wintergreen. So the new Winterfresh line will strengthen Wrigley's nearly 50% share of the gum market. Extra, with all its flavors, including Winterfresh, which was brought out four years ago, holds 16%. Double Mint is number two at 10%. Free Dent, Juicy Fruit, Spearmint, and Big Red each are 5 to 8% share range. So, yeah, the extra sugar-free gum oh. was their biggest. Mm. Eventually, the new Sugar Winterfresh could have a share of 5 to 10%. Until Freedent and Big Red were launched, Wrigley's had to introduce a new chewing gum in this country since it bought out Double Mint in 1914. Extra came out in 1984. So extra, so extra, it's weird though, like extra, like the shape of it. Extra flavor for extra, no, extra was always exactly the same. No, no, like, because Winter Fresh was like a stick of gum. So it was extra. No, ex, but extra had like the fold open pack where it was no, like it a didn't. smaller stick. No, that was Trident. Extra, extra was always in a pack, just like fucking Winter Fresh. Trust me, I ate it all the time. All right, maybe I'm looking it's at the current package. It, no, it's. I mean, I thought it still was. It's um, in like a box, like. Um, yeah, like a box. Yeah, but the box like opens up, and there's still sticks. They're still sticks, but they're different sticks. They're not now, the long. Now they were the long, sticks. thin, flat sticks. No, these are the slightly thicker ones. No, no, you're thinking of Trident. I'm looking at the internet. Okay, so if you look at it looks it's like a it's like a square box. It's it's the same gum as that's that's exactly how like juicy fruit sold now too. But it's still the sticks. Okay, see here, I'll show you this picture and this will prove it to you. I be I believe you, but I'm looking at something else. I mean, there could be a different type of extra, but extra I remember getting extra as a kid. It was always See that picture? Nope. Yep. <laughs> nope. Yep. <laughs> I see that, but I'm looking at one, two, uh, maybe. Okay, I see. It's the box itself. I blew it up now here. I see that. Okay. So if you look at like, let's see. Yeah, but it it doesn't come in like the the pack of strips, but it It did I, come in the pack of strips. That that was like a, a 2000 thing. But a flattened pack of strips. This is like a box of strips. It that more, this, is uh, this is something more, more recent. Yeah. This is more wasteful. I like it. Very modern. So here is a pack of extra gum in the 90s squeezer. See, it looks just like a pack of juicy fruit. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was the last time I chewed gum is when it looked like that. Right. It's still the exact same stick. It's now in a box, but they're all in a box like that yeah. now. What's in the box? Yeah, exactly, Brad. Uh, the, the extra bubblegum flavor was my favorite. Classic. I love bubblegum. Oh, bubble yeah. Okay. Um, we talked Winter Fresh. Now we're on to your second pick. Oh, God. We're an hour and seven minutes in. Zooming. Excuse me, sir. Would you like to buy a box of Girl Scout cookies? No, thanks. I already have this Girl Scout cookie blizzard. This is it, Becky. The big one. 
Mission Impossible, the final countdown. Well, you can always cram more cookies uh, into your blizzard. Get the Thin Mints! Done. They sell themselves. The Girl Scouts Thin Mint and Tag Along Peanut Butter Patty Blizzards at Dairy Queen. That's a newer commercial, but we've used that guy before, pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah, he's son of a Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, he also, I think he does Lowe's, too. I, I think he does Iron Pigs and Cable for us, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm like, ooh, Thin Mints. Mints in a name. And they're thin, so it's got to be good for you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these things are delicious. If you had to rank your word... If you ever ate a Girl Scout cookie before, which have you ever? Yeah. Okay. I know you buy them. I don't know if you eat them. Where where, where would you put Thin Mints in your ranking now? Not high. My really? Fa- yeah. My favorites are Caramel Delights. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what do they call them? Samosas or mimosas or whatever? Uh, Samoas. Samoas. <laughs> yes. If you're uh, that, That's Keebler. That's a Keebler brand. That's West Coast, right? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily West Coast, but it's just if, made in if, the key, not you, the Keebler brand, but made in the Keebler uh, bakeries. Yeah, but if you if you bought like a Keebler cookie, that not necessarily is Girl Scout cookie, but a Keebler Samoa is. But yeah, it is also West Coast. Yeah, no Samoas is a Girl Scout cookie. It is, but I think you can buy them. Yeah, outside. they call them something else. Yeah. Keebler makes them, but they're called something else. Keebler also makes thin. Oh, mints. coconut dreams. Coconut dreams, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say the uh, caramel delights, mm-hmm. the the peanut butter doodads, the chocolate peanut butter ones. Uh, the tagalongs. Yeah. Or the I, peanut butter patties. Yeah. Not we, the, see, we not we the we all our stuff comes from ABC Bakers. So we get peanut butter sandwiches. They get dosi doughs. No, we not get the sandwiches. Peanut butter patties. Peanut butter patties. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the toastiers are probably my third. Those are really fucking good. Oh, I'm not the French French toast maple syrup mm. ones. Um, I like the I. I, I get. I mean, there was. I, look, I broke down there and I ate a ton of fucking Girl Scout cookies this year. Um. Yeah, I got. It doesn't help that I bought a hundred dollars for you guys. <laughs> you did, thanks. <laughs> I ate about ninety-five of it. <laughs> uh, thin mints are number one to me, uh, and then I like the peanut butter sandwiches Ugh. after that. Uh, I mean, I, I I'll eat them, but I'll prefer yeah. the chocolate peanut butter dudes. Uh, oh, those are good too. <laughs> um, those are good. But if you're gonna do thin mints, though, you gotta put them in the freezer, right? They're so much better cold. Are they? I've never done that. Really? Oh, you got to give it a try. Oh, I know, like half half and the like, snack and then, food. Like, two weeks from now, half the snack food in our fucking building is in the freezer there because of random weirdos like you who like it frozen. Potato chips are in our freezer, Jake. Well, that that's a Donny thing, and that comes back to living in a house with sixteen other people. So we would hide the chips in the freezer. I'm told. That's where that comes from. He, Jake, believes them and thinks they taste better. Maybe they do. I've never tried it. No. But I, Thin Mints definitely taste better frozen. 
It just adds one more level of texture and flavor and deliciousness. But aren't they? Um, they're hard already. Yeah. So what it's does even the harder? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm a masochist. Uh, Thin Mints make up twenty five percent of all Girl Scout cookie sales. Can I like when that? you you put your pompous voice on to say. 25%. <laughs> I like to call it my Barry voice. Squeezer's pompous factorating voice. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just think they are just delicious. Um, you don't have anything to say, are, else to say about them, do you? <laughs> no, I really don't. Um, but like, if a Girl Scout shows up to my house, I'm like, Thin Mints, please. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, they're delicious. But the trick is you got to freeze them. That's what makes them their best. Squeezer um, says you yes, got to freeze them. A thin mint-flavored chocolate wafer dipped in chocolatey coating. Uh, what was the, the word that I saw that they called it? And, like, and it wasn't embalming. But, yes, they embalm the cookie with chocolatey. What's the terminology? Oh, I had it. I thought I was going to sound so smart, too. Where it's like, uh, it's some fancy term for dipping shit in chocolate. Uh, but yeah, you don't really need to do that. Dipped? Dipped. Yeah, it's not dipped. But, uh. Coated? Coat. No, it's. Like, hang on. Technical term for dipping shit in chocolate. Getting stabbed? No. Oh, that's thinking about baking with chocolate. French word to cover. Oh, oh, couverte. No, that's not it either. God damn it! Come on, serious eats. Help me out here. Ganache. Gana. Oh, I like a good ganache. Ganache. Chocolate ganache. Mm. Uh, I really bit. There was a fancy word for it, and I had it. But I lost it, and I was going to say it like, oh, well, I know this because I'm better than you. But apparently I'm not because I can't even remember. <sighs> but, yeah, Girl Scout cookies. If you had to pick one, I would go with. Uh, Ensconched? Eat. Mm. I don't know if that was it either. This site might have just made shit up, too, for all I know. Enrobing? Yes, enrobing. Yes, enrober. There's an enrober. It's called, it's true terms, enrobing. Yes, enrobing. It's basically covering shit in chocolate. I just Googled <laughs> term for coating cookies in chocolate, and it came up. Well, see, I, I Googled. You just hummed and hawed for about five I, minutes. No, no, I, I literally I literally typed technical term for dipping shit in chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I typed. Hmm. All every single all but the word four was spelled wrong because I was doing it fast. Yeah. And robing. And orange. Dipped re literally refers to something being dunked in some kind of substance. Interesting. The process of enrobing involves placing the items in the enrober's feed ban. All right, that's enough. We don't need to know. We should move on. <laughs> we can move on. All right, my next pick. 
Today I got a letter from a retired colonel from Kentucky. Snapple is a super product, perhaps the only good that has ever come out of New York. Let's set him straight. I'm Ed Koch. New York City is the place where the corned beef sandwich was invented and the first uh, elevator that was installed. The uh, first capital of the United States was in New York City. And it's true. Oh, Snapple still is the best thing that ever came out of you New York. You got it. Snapple made from the best stuff on earth. Snapple, iced tea, mint tea. The first um, time I ever tried mint tea was a bottle of Snapple iced tea. Squeezer. Oh, squeezer on a beer run. I'm talking to nobody. Let's see. Uh, 112, squeezer takes a beer run. We eat some pretzels while squeezer beer runs. These are um, Pop Daddy pretzels inspired by Perrin Brewing Company beer cheese. Crafted in Michigan. They're pretty good. Back from your beer run? Oh, you're doing shtick, I see, huh? I'm eating pretzels. Oh. Pretzels are delicious. I was talking about Snapple Squeezer. Oh, yes. Did you hear the commercial or did you leave during the commercial? Oh, I left during the commercial. I thought I'd be like sneaky like that. No. Well, it, I found out today. This is I was today years old when I found out that Snapple <laughs> didn't start selling iced tea. In fact... Because I found this commercial for Snapple, like vitamin something, and iced tea wasn't even in their product line. I was like, what? And I realized it was founded in 1972 by Arnold Greenberg, Leonard Marsh, and Hyman Golden. And they operated a health food store in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And their first product was a carbonated apple juice. The company called the product Snapple. So if you're ever wondering why it's called Snapple and there's no apple, it's because it started as apple juice. No shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they were selling natural sodas, which they still consider, like, they still had natural sodas in, like, the 90s, 80s and 90s. Squeezer. When you and I were... Coming up with Snapple. Did they have the fun facts underneath the lid yet? I don't think so. In 1988, oh, so the um, 1986, Snapple expanded its line to include fruit drinks. It was not until the following year, however, when partners decided that Snapple needed a summertime drink, that the company hit upon the product that would allow its growth to take off iced tea. In the past, iced teas had been manufactured in the same way other drinks were. Will flavor derived from concentrate, sugar, preservatives, and soda. Unadulterated, however, uh, spent three years working with a tea vendor. Unadulterated, however, spent three years working with a tea vendor and a bottler to perfect a method in which tea was bottled by hot, which allowed the preservatives to be eliminated. We made this first ready-to-drink tea that didn't taste like battery acid. Greenberg later told New York Times, "We came up with the first real brewed tea that was cooked." 
1988, Snapple introduced a lemon-flavored iced tea made with the new process. The product proved to be so popular that its sales continued even after the hot weather was gone. It blew everyone away. Driven by the popularity of a new iced tea product, which was soon supplemented by other flavors of tea, Snapple's sale took off. By the end of 1988, unadulterated sales had increased by 60% over the previous 12 months to $13.3 million. The strong growth continued in the following year. They expanded the line to include 53 different flavors. And I tried, I remember however many flavors. I used to try every flavor of Snapple all the time. I I, uh, <clears throat> I I didn't stray far. Just basic iced teas. It was the first Sometimes. time I ever had raspberry tea, and I loved it. The raspberry tea was pretty damn good. I love their peach tea, but I tried their mint tea, and it was actually pretty good. Hmm. I'd probably like it now. Um, I I tried this one as a kid. I they don't sell it now. I don't think. Could ask my neighbor, but he's gone now, sadly. Hmm. In 1991, the company moved its headquarters from Brooklyn to Long Island, where its three founders had long lived. With strong returns from flavors such as mint, cranberry, and decaffeinated iced tea, Snapple Snapple revenues more than doubled to 95 million, with 55% of its sales in iced tea as the market for the for the product grew to 400 million. The company had attained a solid second place in this field, with 19.3% of sales behind long-term. Market leader Lipton. So, yeah. And these commercials with Wendy the Snapple Eddie were great. I feel like there, there's a lot more competition now. Yeah, especially with, like, energy drinks and shit. But, like, Snapple was, like, it for the longest time. Snapple was a big deal for a long yeah. time. I loved Snapple when I was... Uh, that's all I drank in, like... At lunch in high school, like Snapple. Oh, we had our local Clover Farm fucking sugary drinks. Yeah, well, we had we had like uh, Arctic Splash iced tea, uh, in like Catholic school and like middle school. But we act when I got to the Parkland squeezer, they they sold us Snapple, not in glass bottles. Of course they did, but in cans. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Snapple mint tea. I uh, first time I ever tried mint tea. First time I ever tried raspberry tea. I like them both. Your I like mint tea. Third pick. He was green with envy. Sure, he had her, but I had a mint. Briar's mint chocolate chip with mint that hits your nose even before it hits your mouth. And chocolate, not so. What's the point? Chocolate, real chocolate you'd eat by the bar if it weren't so good in the mint. And I had the mint. All he had was the girl. Pure, true Briar's ice cream. The difference is real. Taste the difference in creamier than ever Briar's light. Getting all hot and bothered from an ice cream commercial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like a uh, cologne commercial or some shit. Yeah, mint chocolate chip ice cream. It is a. Um... What do I say? This I don't want to say love hate. Because usually that refers to one person, but you either you either like mint chocolate chip ice cream and it's in like your top three, or you hate it. I feel, and that's just a personal survey I've done over the course of like you know I, two I, or three days across four people. 
I didn't hate it. I ate it. I don't eat it now, but I, as a kid, I ate it all. I would eat it now. I don't yeah. eat anything like really minty. Like yeah. Flavor I always mints. loved it. But as I a kid, I liked it. People. Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah, and I and I still do. And it, it's I I get I'm the only one in my house that'll touch it. So like if I want ice cream in this house and no one else is gonna eat it, I get a pint of mint chocolate chip and it's all mine. Um, but yeah, and, and other people are like, oh god, it's great. I don't know if it's because it's green and it's not necessarily green because like the Briars, um, which I think out of all like the big brands like that, I mean other than like you know your mom and pop ice cream place, it could be delicious. But like if you get it in a grocery store, Briars I think is the best. And that's white because they're like, oh, it's all natural. We don't put food coloring in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we got like Turkey Hill around here, and there it's it's. Eh. Well, I'm not a fan of of theirs, but um, I've seen anywhere from it being the like consuming like six percent to three percent of all ice cream sold, and it's in the top ten. It's in the top three. There's a lot of studies done about what your favorite ice cream flavor is. And I feel all of them are just like class projects in college. It's like to do a survey. Mm-hmm. So you do. And then it gets published on like, you know, a website or Twitter. And then it becomes official, I guess. Uh, as far as uh, uh, IDFA, I don't know who the hell that is. Uh, if I can't click on you if you're not in blue and i can't click on you in wikipedia you're not a thing so idfa but mint chocolate chip was ranked as the f- america's fourth most popular ice cream flavor now that's a lot of competition up there what is your favorite just curious probably peanut butter ripple that's nice no peanut butter anything yeah both both my ladies nice <laughs> yeah I'm a I'm a I'm a cookie dough kind of guy, believe it or not. Mm. Of course, yeah, it's like vanilla, but just a little little something extra. For well, that's you, what you peanut know? butter ripple is. It's vanilla, yeah. but a little something extra. A little something extra, yeah. So I got I, I got when you're done. I got more Snapple stuff that I just pulled up. Oh, oh, absolutely. But yeah, um, this is one of those weird things where it's like, who invented mint chocolate chip ice cream? And I'm like, oh, it was actually some lady in the '70s. I thought it was older than that. And she invented it for like the a princess marrying a prince of England or some shit like that. And they're like, no, Baskin Robbins did it in like the 30s. Like, oh, okay. And it was. It was one of the original 31 flavors for Baskin Robbins. And it's still in the rotation now. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's delicious. I like the. Um, oh, other fun fact is. Hmm. is I'm really, this is going to lighten up the mood. It was, uh, do you know, uh, it was Timothy McVeigh's yes. last meal last before meal. he was executed? Yep. I didn't know that. Isn't that fun? That's fun. Yeah. Wonder, yeah. That was Oklahoma City bomber, Timothy McVeigh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, domestic terrorist last meal uh, with the rad years. So... You brought up the fun fact, real facts on uh, Snapple. So I looked up real facts, and before I get there, I found there's some rumors and myths. And I remember, oh, I remember, I had these. this up and I closed it because I thought we moved on. I love this. Yeah, so it's on their. You had their obviously Wikipedia page up. Yeah. Uh, 
I um so I try to try to skip Wikipedia because I assume everyone read it, but mm-hmm. I clearly didn't because I, I remember I remember some of these when I was a kid, but not all of them. There's one that haunted me to this day. The and I'm K. Glad I realized it was false. The K. What's Oh, so here, so the original label graphic on the iced tea flavor depict had the Boston Tea Party behind it. Everyone knew that that was the Boston Tea Party. They had to replace it due to misinformation being uh, espoused by protest groups claiming the ships and the packaging were slave trading vessels in New York Harbor. They also fell victim to the small K. Uh, rumor that the small K was either representation of the Klan, Ku Klux Klan, or an imagined Jewish tax, augmented by the fact that all three founders were Jewish. The K in the product actually meant it was certified kosher. <laughs> um, Snapple tried to quell these rumors quietly, but ultimately had to launch a media campaign to squash them, pointing out that it would be bad for business to support controversial issues in such a way as rumors implied. Um, real facts, a lot of them were not real at all. So yeah, how how do you get that so wrong? Well, I guess yeah, it's like an intern. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of them are just like no, not at all. The <laughs> the average human will eat an average of eight spiders a year while asleep. That statistic is false and completely impossible. <laughs> yeah, like that's the one that haunted me. Oh really? Yeah, like, oh, I was terrified, yeah. Um, the smallest county in America is New York a County, better known as Manhattan. Ma- Manhattan is actually the second smallest county by land after Kowali County in Hawaii. The smallest self-governing county belongs to Arlington County, Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. They got so much wrong. Polar bears can smell yeah. a seal from 20 miles away. According to SeaWorld... The distance is much lower, a limit of about one kilometer. It's about half Well, yeah, because they have a muzzle over their face down there. Yeah, right. Owls are the only bird that can see color blue. No, false. Birds in general have excellent color <laughs> vision. Some are able to even see in the UV spectrum. What? Owls are nocturnal. <laughs> yeah. Why would they see blue? Right. Um, false. The original Cinderella was Egyptian and wore fur slippers. Uh, Rhodopis is uh, considered the earliest known variant of the Cinderella story. In the story, Rhodopis is the is Greek, and the slippers are consistently described as rose gold rather than fur. Why Charles Perrault's French retelling of the story featured fur slippers is believed to be an urban legend that fur was mistranslated to ver glass. Ver and ver. Hmm. Um. Yeah, but that there's more, but yeah, it's not all facts. I just wanted to bring that up. All right, the, uh, is it my turn? Oh, oh, this is the one that that stood out to me. Uh, the this was, and I mean, this was '89, so it's probably in the early '90s. Uh, the average American walks 18,000 steps a day. Huh. Bullshit. Yeah, right. It's found that the average American walks 5,000 steps a day. Right. 18,000 steps a day. You try to get there. That's yeah, tough. We we go out of our way to get there. And it's tough. Yeah. All right. Here's my next pick. 
are not thieves. Just look at him. He couldn't have stolen your bike. We've been setting up his birthday trade set all day. Gee, I guess I was wrong. We don't have to involve the authorities in this matter, do we, Mr. Buxton? I mean, it was a simple mistake, and I'm really sorry. Well, uh, I still think that you owe Francis an apology. And then I want to see the two of you shake hands. I'm sorry, Francis. Here, would you care for some gum? <laughs> would you care for some, Mr. Buxton? Oh. Spearmint or fruit? Uh, fruit, please. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. You do believe me, don't you, Dad? Uh, I just wanted to play that clip. I was talking about my grandmother grew mint plants and we used to go in her backyard. She grew, she had a blueberry tree. She was a bit of a green thumb. Uh, we, we collect the blueberries. Uh, she had the mint plants. We'd go collect the mint to chew on. You take it in, you got to wash it off first and, and then you chew on it. You get the mint flavor. And that, that was when I first realized mint was a plant. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fucking know. No. And I, I don't have much. I probably could have saved all the stuff I said in the middle, the beginning for this part, but I didn't. Sure. So, yeah, my I grew up my grandma's mint plants. Nice. You got to be careful with mint, though, man. What? It is invasive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it takes off on you. We had it in our... our I had some mint, but our neighbor had mint, and it like the whole backyard, our old place was just taken over by. Yeah, but it, it keeps wasps away. It does. I I, I also have. Uh, that's why if I do, I just keep them potted, so it can't spread too much. But I do a little mix. I I do some mint and some citronella. Just don't mix it up when you go to like pick a little to put in your food. Yeah. Yeah. But we got blueberries going too. Oh. Hopefully they take off better this year. The bunnies got to it before I could cage them. Little bastards. <laughs> um, yeah, my grandma had a like um, net over it, her blueberry tree. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do the same. Yeah, I, we have three of them because yeah, you're supposed to, the, for the best results, you actually like mix species side by side. Um. And it's along with our rhubarb, and apparently blueberries and rhubarb go well together. So hopefully we have a good summer. You're just trying to save money because girls eat blue Fuck. Oh, my God. It's like, what berries do you want? I don't know. What's the most expensive? Fuck. I love their berries. Hmm. All right. Here is your next pick. We're going to do a watermelon patch this year. It's going to be fun. Nice. Yeah. This place was a great choice. The food is amazing, and such generous portions. If you like the meal, just wait till you try these after-dinner mints. You know, Doug, most guys are put off by my eye. It's nice to finally meet someone who's open-minded. Ew! <laughs> 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 
Are you talking uh, Andy's candies? Or are you talking uh, just, after eight? Uh, not not even. Um, I guess. Are you talking the chocolate mint ones, or just like? No, no. Oh, I'm not. I'm not talking chocolate. I'm talking the the chalky uh, pillow mints. Oh yeah, the the yeah. like the 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 uh, Perkins ones. Yeah, like Perkins. Uh, my my go to is, and this is very local for everyone, but Bull and Bear. Oh. Um. It was. But imagine like the old timey restaurant your grandparents took you to that like. Uh, Henry Hill would have taken a date to Henry. back in the day where the lighting is low. The food is low quality, okay, but uh, it's great because it's the same food that they've been eating since the, like the fifties. And you can get a Shirley temple because you were six years old and thought, Oh fun. I'm drinking with everyone. Yeah. You know, or a Roy Roger, if you want to live on the wild side. I never knew what a Roy Roger was. It's cherry Coke, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's Coke with cherry in it. Whereas a Shirley Temple is just seven Spri- up with Sprite the, with cherry in it. Or yeah. Sprite with cherry. Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, we had Shirley Temples growing up, but we never had. I was Roy a Shirley Rogers. Temple kind of guy. We always had Shirley Temples in like plastic champagne glasses at New Year's. With- Every now and then, too, like I'm an adult, I'm like you know what, I could go for a Shirley Temple right about now. I should order one one. Next next fancy thing I go to, remind me to order a Shirley Temple. Reminded? I will. Reminded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but my favorite thing about it was if you were lucky, like sometimes they had like it was like a bowl with like a fancy little metal spoon and you like can scoop a couple out. But the best were the ones that was like a a, a clear like ball with a snoot on it and you could like tip it. And when you tip it, like a bunch of little candy uh, mints would like fall out in your hand. Right. Yeah. And it was like the most, as a kid, the most exciting thing in your life. Like you just had salad bar, which is basically just a little bit of lettuce and then a mountain of sunflower seeds. Right. And then a hot dog and french fries. And now you just have all the free mints in the world. And they're just these chocolatey uh, Chocolate? neon... Or uh, chalky, chalky, neon. Uh, Not neon. They're more pastel. They they're pastel. Pastel, yeah. yeah. Neon pastel. It's neon. Yes, pastel. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I I can't. And they have a taste of their own. And apparently, the idea is that they help aid in digestion, like you mentioned earlier. Um. But I looked up like how does it aid in digestion? And like, because the idea is that it would like relieve gas, um, but and not in the sense that you think it would. Like, oh, it makes you feel just a little bit better. Um, the bottom line is, if there's a buildup of gas, it has to come out one way or the other. Peppermint contains natural oils that act as a carminative. Do you know what that is? Uh, carminative, uh, meaning that they allow your sphincter muscles to relax. So that the gases can be expelled expelled steadily, rather than in powerful explosive bursts. Hmm. So yeah, these after dinner mints, it doesn't like make you not fart. It just makes you fart more quietly and steadily over a period of time. Hmm. So you're not just ripping ass; you're just leaking ass. I found that that was like my like, like the most learned thing that I, I've 
learned in like the last like ten years. I'm like, wow. Like I I understood like oh I'm I like tooting is one thing, but apparently like these mints just make you just I I didn't know there's a purpose. I thought it was just a nice thing that they did. I'm like oh here's some mints. I didn't know that was just so you didn't weren't just just you know as you're walking out the door. Right. Helps aid in digestion. Yeah, and I just like the fact that it says relax your sphincter. Well, I'm a damn. Yeah, I'm gonna say it more often. Next time, like someone's like up, like they're all like, you know, up in my face. I'm like, dude, have some dinner mints. Yeah. AKA relax your sphincter. Relax your sphincter. Uh, okay. What am I talking about next? Oh, I'm on my last pick. We're finally put this hour and forty minutes of mint show to bed. Squeezer. Oh, we should really. I think we got to get back. We got to MacGyver this next one. Um. N- but the the Andy Andes are good though too. Oh okay. I didn't realize there was such a variety of after dinner mints. I always just talk, like chalked them up to the chalky pillow mint ones, but chalk and the chalk, chalk and the chalk. Here is my last pick in mint. <laughs> The Fresh Maker. Ah, <laughs> oh, these commercials. That made me so happy. So stupid. Uh, but I learned. So I got a bit of Mentos history, and then I got a bit of. So so far, it's called a Mento. Uh, there was a rumor that Mentos were named after menthol. They're Dutch, by the way, Squeezer. Oh. Okay. Um, but it's not. There's no menthol in the product. Uh, the brand name Mentos were inspired by their strong minty flavor. Uh, menthol didn't actually appear in the Mentos until 1973, and even then it was labeled a specific flavor of menthol, much like cinnamon, sour, mixed fruit, etc. are all flavors. Oh, and did you know that mento is a singular form of mentos in the plural form? So when you asked, you said you enjoyed a mento out of your roll of mentos. <laughs> uh, but oh, so it's not like Canada geese. No. Goose. Canada goose. So on Mental Floss, I found this article, The Bizarre History of Those 90s Mentos Commercials. Mm-hmm. It says, in the fall of 1996, Liam Keelan walked into a convenience store in Erlinger, Kentucky, near the U.S. offices of Van Mele, uh, the candy maker behind Mentos. While paying for his purchase, Keelan, Mentos vice president of marketing, noticed that the cashier eyeing him with a mixture of suspicion and disgust. Keelan asked if there was a problem. She pointed at the Mentos logo on the company jacket he was wearing. Mentos, she spat. I hate those commercials. They're so cornball. So stupid. It was not the first time Keelan had heard such a strong, visceral reaction to the ad campaign he helped devise. Beginning in 1992, the Netherlands-based confectioner had stormed the States with a series of inexplicably odd television spots that featured an earwig of song, Fresh Goes Better, hammy acting, and a general sense that ads were trying to approximate American culture rather than be part of it. 
not unlike mimicking the emotions of its human counterpart, a robot mimicking <laughs> the emotions of its human counterparts. Wow. Some people love the ads. I did. Some people didn't. In 1994, USA Today voted it one of the worst advertising campaigns. But the ads did what they were supposed to do. In 1991, Van Mel sold 20 million worth of the hard candies. In 1994, the number doubled to 40 million. By 1996, had tripled to 120 million. By either design or accident, Mentos became the leader in sweets industry by producing commercials that were almost incomprehensibly stupid. <laughs> It was during a train ride to Poland in 1932 the brothers Michael and Pierre Van Mel originally had the inspiration to develop and market a peppermint-flavored caramel candy. Calling the bite-sized pieces Mentos, Van Mel began experiencing exporting them in 1950s. In 1972, they arrived stateside. Uh, lost and uh, not found. And so... Around the time Keelan joined the U.S. sales office in 1991, a decision was made to begin a more aggressive grab for market share. First, Mentos would reduce the number of flavors from 50 to just two, mint and mixed fruit. They had 50 flavors. Squeezer. Oh. Yeah. Uh, second, they would pursue a global ad campaign marketed directly towards consumers instead of trade ads Van Mel typically produced for candy distributors and suppliers. Ad agency Panka and Partners out of Hamburg, Germany, was enlisted to conceptualize the spots, which had several recurring themes. A young, attractive couple would find themselves in a sort of bind that would usually be remedied by popping the mento and subsequently having a spark of inspiration. One of the leads would hold up a mento's package and give a thumbs up. Throughout, a song would play that intended to sound like a catchy no matter what in the, where in the world the commercial was airing. In one spot, a man decides to don a tablecloth and pretend to be a waiter in order to garner better service. In another, traffic impedes two lovers from embracing. At the climax of the 30-second spot, a brand slogan, The Fresh Maker, would appear on screen. Viewers who spotted the ads when they premiered in July 1992 were driven to distraction by one intangible. The ad seemed disconnected from actual human behavior, and the song itself was critiqued for appearing to be an English translation that didn't get the clerics quite get the lyrics right it doesn't matter what comes fresh goes better in life <laughs> by the mid well, it never even occurred to me that doesn't make any sense no <laughs> by mid 1990s both news media and the burgeoning world of internet had become preoccupied with the unreality of mentos much of the speculation revolved around whether the commercials were shot in the u.s or elsewhere according to the company three of the commercials commercials were shot in the states while seven were produced overseas an early Mentos FAQ was set up by Purdue University student Heath Doerr, who poured over minutia in a way that foreshadowed the obsessive online fan cultures that followed. Van Mel recognized the phenomenon when they saw it, rarely responded to media when they saw it, and rarely responded to media requests for information about the campaign. They they were smart. They just kept it quiet. It's almost fun to have consumers go off on their own. Yeah. So people would mock and inspect the ads all they wanted. For Van Mel, uh, curiosity led to brand awareness that couldn't have been obtained purely through ad buys. By 1996, Mentos reached $135 million in sales and was being mentioned or parodied in a number of high-profile spots. The Foo Fighters released the video, Big Me, which mocked the cheesiness of the ads. And there's Futos, the Fresh Fighter. 
The candy was name-dropped in 1995's Clueless. The brand got sustained exposure during an entire season of Baywatch. Um, the novelty began to wear off in 99 when Mentos sales had leveled despite major growth and an ad age dubbed the strong mint category of treats. Altoids started getting big, was eating market share, and Mentos-sponsored college students, college concerts weren't making much of a dent. After roughly nearly a, uh, a decade of near-constant rotation, the Freshmaker began to settle down in 2002. Despite the reduced role in popular culture, Mentos remained a top-ranked mint in the confection business. I like a Mentos. Yes, I, I like a Mento. Jesse Peretz, who directed the Foo Fighters parody video, may have summed up Mentos mania best. The commercials, he told Entertainment Weekly, are total lobotomized happiness. Yeah. And I, I love... How, how could you... Not, I don't understand how people ever found... I love them. And I, I was I obsessed. loved it, though, for the same reason you did. The absurdity of it. Yeah, and they're so dumb. And Mentos are delicious. Yeah. They're chewy little uh, mints and fruity chewy mints. Chewy little yeah. deliciousness. Yeah, My dad loved them so really much. He used to eat them so fast out of the tube, he'd choke on them. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom would. My, yeah, you got... my mom cracked us up by yelling at him. Once. She, she, we were in the back seat, and my dad was choking on him. And she's like, Jeffrey, you're going to fucking die horfing on your fucking Mentos. <laughs> <laughs> so we, horfing on your Mentos. Orphing down Orphan. Mentos. Orphing down, I think she said orphing down Mentos. Orphing down Mentos became like a, almost a proto meme in the Kelly household for many years because <laughs> my mom yelling at my dad for orphing down Mentos. <laughs> he, he'd choke on them. Yeah, because if you could, like, you get, you get you your get, thumb under yeah, the paper, right. right, and you launch it in. <laughs> but if you hit that too hard. <laughs> Hit the back of your throat like yeah. a like a a, a lifesaver's mini lid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work from down. Um, work from down. <laughs> she, like she was yelling at him, but we all just started laughing. It just became a funny moment. <laughs> your dad's choking. He's <laughs> <laughing>. choking. <laughs> He's orphing on Mentos. Orphing down Mentos. Uh, all right, your last pick, Squeezer. When I bite into a York peppermint patty. I get the sensation of cold, crisp mountain air against my face as I race towards liftoff in the whole world championship ski jump. York peppermint patty. Get the sensation of York's dark, rich chocolate covering a cool, crisp mint center. And the crowd roars as he executes a faultless landing. Lovely, Arthur. You win a silver. Get the York sensation. Is this the one where he jumps up on the uh, coffee table? Yep. And yeah, that's why I'm not even a big fan of York Peppermint Patties. But I just love this commercial. And it, it's... Uh, at the time, I thought it was just silly. Now I'm like, oh, wow, that's me. Like He's so excited about a piece of uh, a candy that he thinks he's skiing. Mm -hmm. And she's just sitting there knitting. It's like, oh, good for you. Here, have have a silver, because, you know, the wrapper is silver. Get it? Yeah. Um, I did not know. So I know now they are, um, they're, you know, manufactured by Hershey since the 80s, I want to say. They they bought them out. Um, well, is yeah, York 80, Pepper and Patty because of York, Pennsylvania? 
It is, and I did not know that until about three hours ago. Oh, I always just assumed it was. I never. I. I mean. No, well, it makes sense because yeah. we are like the junk food capital of the world, right? But I don't know. I always felt like York peppermint patty. Well, York isn't like that so far from Hershey. No, no, it's closer to Hershey than uh, probably fifty-fifty. Uh, it's maybe about, a little closer. Yeah, it's about thirty minutes from Hershey, I think. Yeah, yeah, a little closer. Um, but yeah, I, I don't we'll know. We'll be there in two days. Like, That's why we're doing the show yeah. early. Yeah, I always thought it was kind of like hoity-toity. Like, maybe it was, like, the cursive. Like, so I always assumed it was, like, York, England. Mm. You know? And they were kind of going off that. Um, but, yeah, it was came out of York, Pennsylvania, which is the place that you go to if you're going to turn south to go to Maryland. And I'm surprised they um, didn't shoot an episode of The Wire in York. <laughs> Knowing really what I know about York, yeah. right there. Uh, well, no, it's also, like, fucking shady as oh. shit. That's why I there I the only time I get I get off the highway I go to the sheets, uh, I get a big uh, sampler size of the Wisconsin cheese bites because that's a trick that's how you get more, and take a little nap, get back on the road and go home. But yeah, um, but yeah they're they're from uh, they're from York, and then they got sold to, like Cadbury then Hershey bought Cadbury and we can do our typical rad years this company by that company and then eventually they were produced in Reading up until 2009 you know suburb of Philadelphia mm-hmm. before moving uh, their production to uh, Mexico uh, suburb of uh, America <laughs> that was good that might have been one of your best ones in a while <laughs> thank you very much mm. uh, to stay with our analogy of the last week that was the uh, Ryan Howard skadoosh yeah 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 that left the ballpark on that one you also had runners on base. I'll, I'll give you that too. Oh, thank. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, did you see the end of the uh, Mexico-Japan game? I, uh, you, you don't I'll give a crap about any of that. Reiterate again. <laughs> I, I'm not that I don't give a crap. I just have not. We've been a little busy. We've been busy. Yeah. Oh, fucking walk off in the bottom of the ninth. It was fun. It was much different than last night, which was like. 75 to 2 or something, but it sounds right. Yeah. York peppermint patties. York peppermint patties. You know what? I Maybe when I'm out there, I'm going to, although from what I've heard, it's closed. What? Chocolate World. I've never once gone out there with you idiots. You haven't, thank you. <laughs> you haven't gone to Chocolate World though? No. Have you ever been there? No. So when we talk about the moo cow singing to you about milk, you have no idea what we're talking about. I do not. No, 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 uh, no I you care. Have to, you have to go. Uh, fuck, I think they're renovating it. You would Thank love God. it because it's so ridiculous. It's a whole ride through the chocolate making process, and there's cows that sing to you. You guys just like it because they give you a free tiny fun-sized candy bar when you're done. Yeah, and then, and then you <laughs> drop $90 on candy in the gift shop then. You can get at Walmart that you know came from the exact same place. Uh, looks like it's open. Yeah, nine to four. Oh, maybe maybe it's uh, it might be just the ride might be shut down. I heard they were doing renovations. Google it. What is Adventure Six? Adventure Seven? What is this? Create your own candy bar. 
Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of fun things you can do there. Hmm. Oh, the chocolate movies. Oh, we never did that shit anyway, because you had to pay extra for that. Mm. Yeah, we'll be out in Hershey Chocolate Town. Chocolate Town. Get one of those big Hershey bars. Now, aren't the York peppermint patties made in Hershey because they have, like, the factory ones there? Uh, Wikipedia says they're in Mexico now, which I remember I that knew, was a yeah, big... Right, Hershey was moving stuff to Mexico. That yeah. was a big deal around here. Woo, yeah. doggy, that was a big deal. Moving everything to Mexico. Not everything, but a chunk of it. Well, that's our uh, Mint Show, Squeezer. It, 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 the Cinnamon and Mint Show, I don't know if we could ever do another one, but they worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think so. I Yeah, I don't see us... I mean, we each combined picked 10 topics related to cinnamon and 10 topics related to uh, mint. This isn't like uh, talking about our favorite Lego sets. No. You can only go so far. I couldn't go far at all on that one, but... Oh, that's also true. But I could, I could carry that show. Squeezer could carry like, it. Like, I could carry that show. No. Legos. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the mint one. This was this was a good one. Did a lot that was of fun. information. Next week we are talking favorite WrestleMania uh, moments, something oh, along snap. those lines. Because WrestleMania is the following weekend, and then I don't know where we're going from oh, there. Oh, so this is our first timely episode in a while. Well, I mean, kind of like. We were late on Valentine's Day, but this is like near St. Pat. There's only, only three days removed from St. Patrick's Day. Why right? does the holiday have to end the day of, right? No, no. Right, stay rad years. Keep on living in the past. So, uh, yeah, we're going to enter spring shows. Start uh, today. It's first day of spring. How happy. It's it's officially oh. the 21st. We're in happy spring. Happy spring, Alorus. Happy spring. Happy spring equinox. Ooh, yay. Um. Happy Free Rita's Day. Oh, right, right. Free Rita's. We'll be back next week for sure. We will have a show, and we'll be talking wrestling. So you could already tune out now. <laughs> but classic wrestling. Oh, the hardcore is all show up for this one. Yeah. Um, that's all we got. I'll be back, uh, and Squeezer will be back next week. I'm RK. Yeah, I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody. Bye.